0: Hello and welcome to Two for None, your favorite cricket comedy podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Cullen, and sitting across from me, the man, the myth, the legend, he's absolutely exhausted, folks. It's Chris Barty. Barty, how are you, pal? Are you holding it together?
1: Uh, I'm I'm very good, Pat. Yeah. I'm holding it together. Holding it together.
0: <laughs> are you like the South African middle order or the Australian middle order right now, Chris? Oh, what you say? Right now I'm the I'm the Australian middle order. <laughs> Usually a good thing, but in this context, not yeah. so Yeah, I started the week <laughs>
1: very bullish, and uh, things are falling apart rapidly. Uh,
0: he's underslept, but he's not underpassionate, folks. That's our Chris Barty. Um, Mate, it's been a pretty wild start to the World Cup, huh? Two two games for Australia's played, and we've been smashed,
1: smashed. <laughs> uh, smashed. There's centuries going around everywhere. Everyone's got a century. Everyone's getting a century. You get a century. Chris, it turns out it's you easy. get a century. You can you have one. You can have one too.
0: You can have one too. <laughs> you know who's not yep.
1: getting a bloody century? Who, Chris? Australia.
0: <laughs> we're barely. We're feeling pretty good about getting two hundred in a game. Yeah. Um, which, as you may know, astute via, via, uh, listeners to the pod may be able to pick, isn't usually enough to win your modern games of fifty-over cricket, butter. No. Um, one ninety-nine probably not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> like it might. probably Uh, not not going to be able to get it done not for that price not for that price you know it's just a little too low a little too low um yeah and even weirdly more weirdly chris uh we are ninth out of 10 teams after two games Mm. now look like you and i love a bit of premier league football chris we talk a bit about premier league football around this way a little bit yeah and um People are saying about Man City that they've lost a couple of games, mm. and you know they lost to Arsenal recently, which I loved as an Arsenal fan. Um, but uh, we all know there's 38 games in the season, Chris. We all know what Manchester City are like post Christmas. You know mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. absolute monsters. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to hope for a similar sort of turnaround for the Aussies here. But um, I will say there might be a bit of a difference in class between Manchester City and the Aussies these days. But uh, what do you what do you think about that comparison? Apt. Or not?
1: Well, I think that Manchester City at least have some youth. We're Mm. we're old. We are very old. We look old. We're seeing it like an old guy. (laughs) Yep. You know? Um, I don't know if you saw Josh Inglis get dismissed by Gagisa Rabada. Yeah. But he didn't see that at all. No. No, Chris. But to be fair to him, that was an absolute seed. What a seed. Yeah, genuine peach. Genuine peach. He keeps back to his best, but um, it wasn't great, mate. The only thing that was worse, Pardo, was the catching.
0: Um, I don't think our blokes could catch a cold. Marcus Stoinis's drop, particularly, was just where dreams go to die. Mm. It's it. It looked, Chris, like my Saturdays between about. 12.30 and 2.30pm while we're out in the field. what <laughs> so it looked like. It looked like the Marty summer 8th grade gold team. It, it really, really did. It was brutal stuff. Just bleak. Just bleak, Chris. Yeah. Bleak. And the look on the fielder's faces, Bardo, when um, you're just trying to hold a team under 300 is a really specific facial expression. Mm. And it can only really mm. be described as pure live action grief Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. it's grief in action it's
1: (laughs) it's like the episode of the simpsons when lisa goes out with ralph wiggum for a bit (laughs) you can pinpoint the moment his heart breaks now yeah yeah yep that was that was it that was storing his face th- down the ground. That's a nice way to describe Australia. We are the Ralph Wiggum of world cricket at the moment.
0: <laughs> I know. And, and we should have at least been Millhouse. Mm, you know no, what I mean? Boy. Um, what I gift oh to you Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, right. Meanwhile, South Africa, who, you know, Chris Goodwick was very bullish about, um, you know,
1: smashed us by 134 runs, Chris. Mm-hmm. Mm. And looked great. They looked great. Yeah, they've really hit their strides. Uh, You know, the last three games they played against Australia, they looked great. The previous two games, they looked absolutely garbage. But now, Mm. they have uh, really hit their strides. That being said, though, it is World Cup and it is South Africa. So let's give it a minute. Let's give it a minute. All right. I'm not prepared to back South Africa into anything until they've at least (laughs) made the final.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's very fair. But it's also worth pointing out that currently we are sitting below the (laughs) Netherlands on net run rate. Um, and if you ever wanted to just feel a bit, um, sad in your (laughs) heart...
2: Well, it's perfectly uh, understandable,
1: Pat. The Netherlands are a traditional cricket superpower. Oh,
0: boy, Pat. Oh, geez, Rick. Oh, geez. (laughs) Um... Friends, we have some tapes to listen to today. We have some correspondence from um, Adam Hassan, our Pakistan correspondent, TK Hawkey, our English correspondent. um, Who else have we got? Chris Goodrick from South Africa and Jai Singh, our Indian correspondent back in the fold, Bardo. Um, Who would you like to hear from first, my friend? Look,
1: I've got to say it's an Indian World Cup, isn't it? India in India after a victory, opening round victory to India. I think we've got to go with Jai Singh.
0: I love that from you, Bardo. Here he is, our Indian correspondent, Jai Singh.
3: Hello, and welcome to the first Indian interjection for the 2023 World Cup. I strategically missed the preview edition because I wanted to see how the first couple of games went and then use a bit of hindsight to favour my predictions. <laughs> a few weeks ago, I would have said that India has an unsettled lineup and wasted the last four years not preparing for this World Cup, but it's suddenly all come together. Hmm. The opening position has been unsettled in the last couple of games, but that's only because Shubham Gill uh, came down with dengue fever. And even in his absence, they can still send two Double Centurions out to open and have the third one ready to come in later. That's a pretty good position to be in.
0: Hold up there, Jai. Um, uh, Bardo, pretty unusual to get a bit of dengue. Don't hear a lot about uh, cricketers getting dengue. Um, Tricky old disease. Dengue fever. My old man was telling me you need a big old pile of antivirals for right. it, um, and it tends to linger in your system too for a couple of weeks. It doesn't uh, make you feel too see. good. By I it. see.
1: I mm. see. It's the Jason Gillespie of disease.
0: <laughs> Jason, the Jason Gillespie of viral loads, really <laughs> hangs <laughs> around. Um,
1: hangs <laughs> around.
0: How's that bow you're drawing there, Chris? Is it getting a bit yeah, stretchy? I don't Is it, know. man? Who else, hung, who, else, who else hung around a bit? Yeah, I know that was really good. If you're looking for something that hangs around, I think you've nailed it. <laughs> he made a test 200.
1: What more well, do you want test Maybe to hang it's not Jason Gillespie because I was going to say dengue fever really holds up an end, but I think it really, you know, things tend to flow, so maybe not. I
0: think when you're this overtired, Chris, you should just be stoked that you've made an, uh, an analogy of any kind. Yeah, okay. I think you've knocked that out the box. But also to India, um, look, I'm not a doctor, but I, I feel like they've just got too many Centurions and they should really rein it in and um, mm.
3: share the love. Yes, you know? yeah. Spread your centurions They've got the
0: out. runs, Pat. Oh, good one, Bardo. <laughs> good, good,
3: good. Chiris Ayer has performed well at number four and although he's often injured, Kale Ravel showed in the previous matches before the World Cup that he can step up a position. They finally have convinced Rahul to play in the middle order where he's dynamic because the game situation dictates his style of play. And not open where he gets bogged down. We saw this when India was an opener short in a match before the tournament and sent the bowling all rounder Washington Sundar into open instead of promoting Rahul like they did in the previous uh, ODI World Cup. At number five, Rahul is an asset and his keeping is not bringing any Kamran Akmal memes out of retirement, so I can <laughs> sleep easy at night even though India is playing what is technically a makeshift wicketkeeper. Surya Kumar Yadav finally worked out what he's doing in ODIs in the Australia series. But there isn't a the place for him at the moment because he can't bowl. He is the reserve and will play if a middle-order batter is injured, which is probably going to happen with Shreya's Iyer having regular back spasms. Mm-hmm. And he'll slot in at number six. But the first choice side has Hardik Pandya at number six to bowl plenty of overs. And this is a huge boost to India's team because they have six proper bowlers. Of those proper bowlers, Ravi Shandran Ashwin is back. Hey. I'm a big Ashwin fan and I think it's always silly not to pick him. At least they've only benched him for one match so far so they're
0: improving. Sorry, Joe, just to stop you there. Spinksy has made some very good jokes about this previously, butto, but it is wild to think that you can have the number one test spinner um, and and not play him I mean mm. he's, he's very good in and they can't play him in tests sometimes um but they uh, they really struggle to play him in in other formats so it's great to see Robbie Ashwin back and he, he does take polls he was great against Australia he's he can really do the job mate like it's Robbie Ashwin I mean come on
1: now yeah it's Ashwin and Jadeja, just the, the nightmare twins um you know if there was a night if that, if this was the mighty ducks they'd be the Bash brothers it's um <laughs> Always terrifying to see them in a lineup, And when you add someone like Yadav to the mix, it's just a triumvirate of scary spinners. You know that I think now you've got to say India surely are, are favourites at the home World Cup on the back of that.
3: Yeah, couldn't agree more, mate. In the revelation after his comeback, he's still fizzing his leg breaks and Romans, but he's bowling faster and people can't just play him off the pitch. Jasper Boomer is fit again. So everything looks as strong as it can be without getting a time machine and building a strong grassroots system where all bowlers are encouraged to work on their batting at a young age. Still got two or three number 11s in the team, but at least they're not all number 11s. So with that belated preview out of the way, how did India do in their first two matches? Pretty well, but without looking like they've peaked too early, which is the key thing. Against Australia, we saw the bowling at their best triggering a middle order collapse. We saw the top order at their worst, they were three for for two with three ducks, before their middle order got them out of trouble. This is better than India has played in the past few years, and we saw a perennial weakness, the middle order, becoming a strength. Against Afghanistan, the bowlers, especially Mohamed Siraj, didn't do as well as they'd want against the weaker batting lineup. But Jasprit Bumrah showed he is well and truly back before the Indian top order blew Afghanistan's bowlers away. India's weakness in the T20 World Cups was their slow starts, but Virat Sharma has completely changed his style of play, and is now a power play rampaging buccaneer. <laughs> this augurs well for India on flat home tracks, where 300 is a middling score, and you can't afford to go five and over for the first ten. So overall, I'd say I'm the happiest I've been with India's prospects in a World Cup since 2011, which is a pretty good comparison. There are not as many weaknesses in this squad as I was expecting when I thought about the tournament last year, and home advantage does count for a lot. Let's just hope there are no injuries to any of the frontline bowlers because there isn't much cover on the bench. Back to you guys in the studio. Thank you, Jai. Thank you,
0: mate. Great work, my friend. Bardo, I... yeah, I think you're right. I think Jai's right. I think I'm previously right. I think India have got to be a serious, serious, serious contender. I think if they don't make the grand final, they're going to be pretty upset with themselves. Um, surely they're on, on track here. They look a cut above, you know?
1: Yeah, well, they're making runs and taking wickets. Everybody's in form. Uh, Afghanistan just did the world a favour and played the Indian batsmen in form. So uh, <laughs> Thanks, Afghanistan. Appreciate yeah, it. thanks, Afghanistan. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um <laughs> So they look a scary prospect. You know, their next game is against Pakistan. Oh, boy. It'll be a barn burner. And I guess that's when we'll really find out how good they are. But you've got to say they're going into that game as favourites and hard to knock off from here, I would think. Surely, Chris, surely. And they're really
0: like, mate, they smashed us. Like, we got, we got rickrolled by India in that game.
1: Well, i tell you what, though. We, things did look reasonably promising at 3-for-2. And... <laughs> yeah, they could have easily been 4-for-2 as well. Yeah, you and know, that's right. Catch. And you kind of thought, oh, maybe a little, little low-scoring thriller here. Low-scoring thriller, which we don't see enough of. We need some more of those. You know, I was kind of hoping this World Cup would be um, dusty dust bowl pitches with lots of cracks in it and hard score. But it doesn't appear to have eventuated that way. Uh, starting with Virat. Goalie walking the crease scoring 85, and Carol Rahul uh, finishing us off with 97.
0: Man, Virat looked so good in that innings, by the way. Like, it's back to seeing Virat at his best in one day quick at Virat, you know? Like, he's a monster.
1: Well, you know, he's selling those tyres pretty good. I, you know, I, I went. <laughs> I was, I was off him, you know, he was, he's had a bit of a form slump. I said, I'm not buying tires endorsed by that man. But yeah,
0: we saw MRF Chris and we were both like, you know what? I'm going back to Bob Jane T Mart, So I'm going. That's
1: market. right. That's right. But you know, he started scoring some runs and, and you know, now I'm, I'm back in the market. I'm thinking maybe it's time. <laughs> maybe it's the
0: wheels that make Virat so good. Hmm. Maybe that's, maybe it works that way around, but not the other way around. Right, you know, right he right was man? probably
1: distressed from having worn tires, you know?
0: Oh, mate. I just needed to get his tread
1: checked. Yeah. He seems like a motorcycle kind of guy.
0: Oh, yeah, surely. Surely Berat's got a cool motorcycle and a leather jacket and he walks off and, and there's just screaming crowds of people. You know, surely that's what his life is like. Yeah, gotta be, gotta be. 100% gotta be, hundred um, percent, gotta be. Thank you, Jai. Uh, India killing it. If they don't win, I'll be surprised. Off the back of that, should we um, cross the border and have a here listen to Adam Hassan? Oh. Go for some Pakistan action. Why not? Why not? Why not? Um, I mean, they are playing each other next, and mm. it is always very exciting when India play Pakistan. That's going to be a hell of a thing. All right, let me just pull him up here.
2: Here we go. Here's Adam Hassan, our Pakistan correspondent. Pakistan opened their World Cup campaign against the Netherlands, batting first we quickly found ourselves 38 for 3, before sold Shakeel on World Cup debut, and Mohamed Uzwan, also playing his first ever ODI World Cup, both scored solid half centuries, as we made our way to 286. The Netherlands started well and looked threatening at 120 for 2, before they collapsed to 205 all out. So an 81 run win for Pakistan, but not necessarily all that convincing. Next was Sri Lanka, and this was a great game. Sri Lanka got off to a flyer, and after 30 overs they were already 229 for 3, thanks to great centuries from Kusar Mendes and Sadira al Pakistan did well to pull Sri Lanka back, as they scored at less than 6 and over for the remaining 20 overs. They still finished with an impressive 344, wow. which although disappointing given where they were, was still more than had ever been chased in a World Cup. In reply, Imam and Baba both went cheaply again, and we were 37 for 2. This brought Rizwan to the crease to join 23-year-old Abdullah Shafiq, who'd come in to replace Fakir Zaman. They put on an incredible 176-run partnership, Whoa. before Shafiq was out for 113 in his first ever World Cup game, and only his fifth ODI. Whoa. Rizwan kept going, batting for over
0: three... Sorry, sorry, Adam. Uh, that is wild, Bada. Mm. That is wild. What a piece of batting from the young man. Yeah, it's alright. <laughs> You're not overly impressed, Chris. It takes more than that to impress you. That don't impress you much.
1: No, look, incredible effort from Abdullah <laughs> Shafiq uh, in yeah, only his fifth ADI. Isn't that ridiculous? Absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, way to steer, steer your country home. Uh, fantastic right. effort. Uh, and yeah, no mean feat. Not chasing uh, small potatoes there. Y- you would think any time you've posted 344 that you should be. 0- Okay, but, Surely. you know, as you say, as you say, Pat, Adul Shafiq, just too big, too strong for Sri Lanka uh, and uh, partnering along the, the great man, Mohamed
2: Rizwan. What a guy. Let's get back to Adam. Three hours in the heat. He started cramping and there was one shot in particular. I don't know if you guys saw this. He was on 83. He comes down the wicket to Dunanjaya, hits him for six over long off and at the same time cramps in his leg and falls over in the middle of the wicket. Yeah. And the way he went down It looked like he'd just been shot in the leg. After that, he was hobbling around, punching his thigh every time he got to the non-striker's end. His back had gone, he'd been hit in the face, he was cramping all over, the physio came out twice. And somehow he managed to keep fighting and get Pakistan over the line with 10 balls to spare, finishing on 131 out from 121 balls.
3: Wow.
2: A mighty effort. And he just has this in him, Rizwan. It reminds you of the T20 World Cup two years ago, when he was in the ICU the night before the semi-final against Australia and then came out the next day and top scored with 67. Mm-hmm. He's a real fighter, one of the toughest cricketers going. So Pakistan managed to pull off the highest ever run chase in World Cup history. And one thing I want to highlight is our approach with about this World Cup. While most countries now look towards the T20 format when picking their ODI squads, we've taken two players from the test team in Abdullah Shafiq and Sol Shakil, who had only played 10 ODIs between them before the tournament, and they've each given us match-winning performances already in our first two games. Mm. And looking at our run chase against Sri Lanka as well, we started off slowly before catching up later. We scored at 4.8 and over in the first 10 overs, then 6.2 in the next 10, then 7.2, and then up to 9.9 and over between overs 30 and 40 to get ourselves ahead in the chase for the first time. It's an old fashioned approach, and to be honest, I don't mind it. In these conditions, I think wickets in hand is more important than in the last World Cup in England, for example, and we've seen teams playing aggressively early on and going on to collapse. You Aussies obviously being the prime example of that, with some really spectacular collapses this week, I've got to say.
0: Yeah, thanks, Adam. So
2: I really don't mind the idea of building an innings and building a platform before accelerating later on. It won't work every time, but I think it's a solid approach. One concern is the bowling attack, though, which hasn't looked as threatening as expected. And looking at Shaheen in particular, he just hasn't quite got back to his best since his knee injury in the T20 World Cup final last year. Mm. So I really hope he manages to find that spark at some point in this tournament. And hopefully sooner rather than later, because our next game is the big one against India. That's tomorrow as we're recording, so it will have happened by the time you guys are listening to this. But with Australia to come after that, I think the next week is going to tell us a lot about where this Pakistan side is at, and how far they can go in the tournament.
0: That is a great piece of work, Adam. Thanks very much, mate. So much to unpack there, Chris. So much to digest. And a lovely piece of sledging too. We have had more collapses than the Holy Roman Empire. But uh, um, firstly, picking players from uh, test side for your ODI side. Pretty
1: pretty old school tactics from Pakistan here. Yeah, also unusually highbrow analysis for this pod.
0: It is Adam. I like, do know what's going to get this yeah. podcast like yeah. high brow analysis. It's going to yeah. be Adam's His son, yeah. maybe Joe Steve, but Definitely Adam. Yeah, absolutely,
1: yeah. absolutely. They do bring the class.
0: Not us, Chris. Yeah. Not us. The
1: Velvet Sledgehammer. Um, <laughs> yes, but very high class. And I've got to say, Mohammad Rizwan has had an underrated career across the board. Uh, you know, averages just under forty in test matches. Uh, only 200s, but averages just under 40. But it's his white ball form that's absolutely incredible over over now over an extended period of time. Averages over 40 in ODIs with a high score of 131. And his T20 form, Pat, get a load of this. The, yeah, hit the, me. The man averages is 49. Bloody 49 hell. 49 in T20 cricket. So he's no mug, um, Mohamed Rizwan Oh, mate, far from it. So, and
0: as Adam says, tough as old boots. Like tough as what a, a series of bloody nightmarish
1: things to happen to you before a cricket games. So it, it's look. It sounds as though the Pakistan batting uh, lineup has a number of gears to it, which I think is really, really exciting and and uh, you know interesting prospect. Because if you do just get a and burner, or if you do get a pitch that's uh, less favourable to to the batsman, having those guys who are able to dig in and do a job is going to stand you in really good stead. And having those guys that are able to hit ramp shots and, uh, you know, reverse, reverse sweeps. sweeps and, Switch I hits. don't know, reverse... Yeah. What are we doing these days? Reverse cow corners. <sighs> reverse lap scoops. Reverse lap scoops. It's it's lots of gears, lots of gears. So I think you have to be kind of impressed with what Pakistan's put forward as well. You know, they defended traditional scores, um, you know, like the 280-odd against the Netherlands, taking care of business. And they've also chased down um, some craziness in terms of a, a 340-odd against... So the body of work bodes well so far.
0: Yeah, and and interesting to hear those old-school one-day tactics being used in sort of a new-school way. Mm. Old-school tactics in a new-school way. Whoa. I feel like I'm in the 90s. Stay safe, kids. <laughs> Stay safe, kids. Jeez. Uh, um, somebody get out the cardboard so I can head spin on it. Uh, not a thing I can do, but anyway, um, it's sort of that sort of feeling. I don't know what I'm talking about. Chris, I know that I'm excited about Pakistan. I think they're going to kick some butt, and, um, yeah, they're definitely doing better than we are at the moment. Mm. Mm. We'll get to Australia at the end. We don't want to start thinking about it too much, Chris. It'll hurt our brains. Do you want to hear from Chris Goodrick or Tom K. Hawkey, my friend? Ooh, I
1: think it's got to be Tom Hawkey, doesn't it?
0: Oh, I mean, what else are we doing in our lives? Um, Friends, uh, let's get ready for our bulletin from a Brit from our one and only Englishman, Tom K. Hawkey.
1: Hi
4: there, Tom K. Hawkey here with another bulletin from a Brit. England kicked off their title defense by getting absolutely walloped by New Zealand. (laughs) The Black Caps chased down England's lowly 282 in just 36 overs. Our net run rate took a belting, and we were deposited firmly at the foot of the table after the first round of games. Not quite the start the reigning champs thought they'd have. Then came Bangladesh. England bounced back strongly, beating the Tigers by 137 runs. However, this game was a total snoozefest. Reese Topley took three wickets in three overs, and Bangladesh were reduced to 49 for four early doors. The game was as good as over, but Bangladesh tried to drag their innings out as long as possible to limit the damage to their net run rate. If that all sounds familiar, it's because the exact same script was used for the Australia vs South Africa match. So, where did England stand? Well, that opening lot isn't too disastrous. In 2019, the tournament had the exact same format, England lost three matches in the group stage and still went on to draw the final. Hope <laughs> is far from lost. Uh, side note. I wrote that line about losing three matches and still going through to be of comfort to England fans. However, you boys might take solace in it too. <laughs> Two games in, here are-
0: Thanks, Tom. Sorry, bud. Thanks, bud. Yeah, no, I do take solace in that. that uh, Chris, does that warm the cockles of your heart? Uh, are you feeling warmed, comforted?
1: You know... I'm getting a bit sick of these velvet sledgehammers, but
0: <laughs> starting to feel a bit knocked around over
1: here. Still Chris. hurts. I am. It still <laughs> hurts.
0: Still, still not good. I mean, there's gonna be so many palms worldwide just screenshotting this table mm, and just like mm. living off it, aren't they? The, the BBC
1: Cricket comments section is a light. <laughs>
0: Oh, if there's one place I am not going on the internet, Chris, is the BBC cricket comments section. <laughs> that sounds like the seventh layer of Dante's Inferno. Oh, my goodness. But, but Tom Race is a point, barter. There's hope. There's hope. Hope remains. Yeah, sure. You know? Sure. We too could draw a final and win it and claim a moral victory.
4: There's, there's hope. Moving on. Here are a few select positives and negatives I can give you by summarising the Crick Info website. guilty as charged, Chris. Guilty as charged. You and us both, bud. Positive. Root and Milan have been busily compiling the runs. Milan made a career-best 140 against Bangladesh, and Root has scores of 77 and 82. However, negative. England's middle order haven't fired yet. This is a team who should be relentless with the bat, each incoming batsman having the firepower to terrorise the opposition. But against Bangladesh, batters 4 through 11 added just 10 runs each. Simply not enough. Positive. Mark Wood is warming up as the games progress. His five overs against New Zealand went for a frightful 55. But his 10 overs in Game 2 went for just 29 and included a wicket towards the end. His pace is up and if he stays fit, he'll play a big part in the tournament. However, negative. Chris Wokes is misfiring. In English conditions, he's an absolute beast, but his away form is patchy. Now, the stats for home and away do broadly line up, but he is undeniably more potent in home conditions. Finally, and one should always end on a positive, Johnny Berso has learned the rules of cricket and remembered to stay in his crease long enough to make 52 (laughs) against Bangladesh. Next up is Afghanistan, who England will beat with ease. And then comes the next mouth-watering match against South Africa on Saturday the 21st. Mm. I can't be-
0: Thank you, TK Hawkey. You are the man. We greatly appreciate you, and we appreciate your life advice too. That uh, that does give us a little bit. Bardo, you've got to say that they'll come through and, and beat Afghanistan. You'd assume pretty easily, but um, that game against South Africa is bound to be a corker.
1: Yeah. Uh, you've got to think that England will go in favourites against Afghanistan unless Rashid Khan can um, spin a web just like he does for the Adelaide Strikers. Uh, but it's a little bit higher stakes in the BBI out there, Pat, and I, and you think, gotta think, England's just going a too touch Yeah, just just a touch of high stakes,
0: mate. I saw you nodding along there to TK Hawkey when he was talking about wood and when he was talking about wokes. Um, anything rocking around in your brain there that you'd like to share with the humans?
1: No, it looked just simply that Tom has um, summarised the Crick info website accurately. <laughs> I fact-checked him during his monologue and I can confirm that Mark Wood, 29 off 10 and works uh, 62 off 8. So mm. the economy rates do back up Tom's arguments there. Now, why that's the case, I don't know. I don't know. Hard to say, maybe because the, the decks are a little bit flatter and offering something a little bit more to those that are a bit more express.
0: It's got to be a bit movementy too, but uh, if Wokes doesn't get movement, then that bloke's bowling sort of 130 and straight. Mm, um, mm. And, you know, that's going to be bread and butter to these boys who are looking to hit him into next month. My friend, um, also funny to think, Chris, not funny, but we we were really bigging up England last pod, but we were really bigging them up. You and I, mm. we were like, this could be... England could really, on paper, look amazing, but... Um, but they've been a little patchy butter. Their catching, while not as bad as ours, hasn't been great. There's been a couple of other bits and pieces that have, you know, gotten their road a little bit. So, hmm, I don't know. Maybe they're just firing up. Maybe the gears are just starting to turn, as Tom was starting to say, or maybe they're better on paper than they are in reality, much like the Australian side. (laughs)
1: self-sledge yeah yeah Well, look jury's out jury's out you know they were one of my eight teams to be guaranteed locks to play in the semi-finals in our last episode (laughs) i'm still sticking to that position (laughs) okay okay the game against south africa will tell us more yeah
0: yeah yeah we'll know a lot more after that in fact next pod we're gonna have a lot more information than we do this pod so that's that's always good um, my friend One last person to hear from And it's Chris Goodrick The uh, South African correspondent Now I think he actually Sent this tape Before the game was played So I, I think We'll get a bit more Of a tentative Chris Goodrick mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Although I say that And you just never know With Goodrick You never know What he's going to say What he's going to do How he's going to be um, But I'm sure he'll be great That's what I'm certain of Let's let's fire him up folks This is Chris Goodrick Our South African correspondent
5: good day team good day Australia and what a start by the men in green the Proteas four two, eight for five smashing some records um, can you believe three different records broken in one World Cup game uh, all coming with the bat. so first time ever three Centurions in a World Cup innings Wow uh, so three of our batsmen getting getting tons uh, fastest ever World Cup century Aiden Markram or 49 balls. And highest team total in World Cup history, 4 to 8 for 5. So um, the South African team definitely has a lot of firepower at the bat. Uh, good experience there. And um, yeah, with the exception of Temba Bavuma, everyone uh, everyone in that top order had a great day at the office.
0: just holding you there, Chris. Um, but uh, didn't you love Chris Goodrick's meme that he sent through, which was of <laughs> three parents pushing a stroller all with the faces of the Yeah, three men and a baby? Three <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, the baby pink boomer. It was very funny. And
1: just like in real life, the baby's in charge. <laughs> Story <laughs> of your life, eh, hey, buddy. Yeah.
5: Back to Goodrich. So a good a good start um, for the Proteas. Uh, we did lose a warm up game against the Kiwis. So nice to see us bounce back. Um, the way I see our team is uh, we've got a lot of strength with the bat. Um, we need to strengthen our bowling a little bit. Um, I think some of our players will come to form, but we've obviously got the likes of Kahiso Rabada, uh, Marco Janssen and Lungi Ngidi, um, and Keshav Maharaj with the uh, as a spin bowler
0: telling you there Goodrick. mate Maharaj has been pretty impressive mm. i thought it was pretty impressive last night in the game as well he got um 2 for 30 off 10 going at 3 and over mm. and and bowled pretty economically and pretty damn well um, same with Shamsi i thought Shamsi was actually pretty tidy you know went for a couple more runs but both of them looked really good. And I I think that India having, sorry, um, the South Africans having strength with spinners in India was not something that I kind of expected. That was something that sort
1: of caught me by surprise. Um, What did you reckon? Yeah, I don't think you're far wrong. I mean, um, great South African spin bowlers. There's not many. Not many,
0: Chris. Couldn't think of a single one off the top of my (laughs) (laughs) head just there.
1: Um, To here was pretty good. To was pretty good. Uh, Going back a ways, you might have Paul Adams with the world's greatest action, so described as a frog in a blender. Uh, you might have Pat Simcox. That goes he started to push the boat away. out there. Though, yeah. That's about it. That's all I can think of. Yeah. So, yeah, amazing to see South Africa um, have some really strong performances. Uh, and you're right, Maharaj has uh, has been really effective for South Africa. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, makes it Case in point for Australia missing Ashton Yeah, big time. I was thinking
0: the same thing, mate. I really was. Let's go back to our man, Mr. Goodrick.
5: Pro Tears looking good. Uh, currently playing Australia. And um, looks like Quinny de Kock is starting to um, get into second or third gear. And let's hope Timber Bavuma can put on a good score and get his confidence up. So the Pro Tears after this game... <laughs>
0: Sorry, good trick. He did make
5: 26. No, sorry. He made 35. So that's
0: pretty good. Uh, it's a start. It's the butter. We love a good 35, don't we? On this podcast, love a bloke who gets out there and makes a solid 30. We've talked about life-changing 30s in the past. Maybe this will be a life-changing 30 for Bovooma. You never know.
1: Maybe, but I'll tell you what, I'd take 30 at the minute. The web button. I'd love a 35.
0: I'd love a 35 in something <laughs> in a middle order for us, which looks like 535 five. I'd love a 35 in there, Chris. We'd take Mm-hmm-hmm. that, wouldn't we? Any day of the week. Um, let's go back to Chris.
5: If we look at their schedule, uh, they've got a slightly easier game, or I shouldn't say that because we have lost to the Netherlands in a T20, but we play the Netherlands next. And then we've got a mouth- mouth-watering game against England on the weekend on Saturday, so I'll be watching that. Yeah, I mean, for this South African team... Um, you know, considering that we were struggling to actually qualify for this World Cup, it's a great start. Mm. Uh, if we could build the momentum and get a fourth place finish, uh, that would be incredible. And and, and then with a bit of luck, we, we could go all the way. So um, it's a great squad and we just need to keep the confidence up and the momentum. And um, I'm pretty confident. We're looking good here against the Aussies, 67 for zero. Oh, uh, without lasting again, 12.4 hours. So we're building a good foundation. And... Uh, I'm hoping our, our, our Markrams and our Millers are going to come in and finish the job and put a good uh, good total on. Let's hope Timber can stay awake for for some other press conferences. It was absolutely hilarious to see him fall asleep. He's come out and said that no, he was not sleeping. He was he wasn't having a siesta. He uh, it was the camera angle that got him in a moment. So we'll we'll have to take his word for it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that little siesta during a press conference. Why not?
0: Um, but as a man who's had to give a couple of press conferences here and there, both uh, sort of politically and as a sportsman and um, as mm. all that sort of thing, have you ever been tempted just to have a little nap, just to get a little bit of a kip in, Bardo? I mean, you'd be pretty tempted to get a kip in on this podcast right now if you had a pillow because you're a sleepy
1: boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, specifically now? Sure. No, no, I, I haven't been asleep. I've, I, look, I've nodded off in the odd meeting. Oh yeah, got it. The Do odd you have any particular tactic that you like to use, Chris, when you're going to have a little sleep in a meeting? Up the back. Just try up and go the up day. the back. Yep. Isn't it? Back yep. corner, back corner. You know. Otherwise... <laughs> Yeah, it's just, otherwise just write it out. Accept the burn. Take, take, the, take burn. the burn. Take the burn. I mean,
0: I I, I would vote for, um, if you're on the Zoom meeting, obviously, you can just put your camera off. Put your camera off and yeah. away you go. You can do yeah, that really easily. Um, but I, I reckon if you were trying to have a nap in a public setting, the, the way to go is to sit next to someone quite tall and just sort of see if you can't lean on them. <laughs> Just just put the old forehead down and see if they notice, you know? That'd be my big yeah, philosophy. You sort yeah. of need to be sitting behind or next to Tony Gregg, you sure. know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I'm sure you could come up with some sort of uh, scenario where you've got a tall person in front and tall person to the side because then you have supreme oh. coverage from front and, you know, you I need. think the flimmer just needs to send out Marco Janssen um, and
0: have a little yeah. seat next to Marco Janssen and then nobody would be ever able to tell if he was having a kip. Uh, well, he'd just be hiding out kip. <laughs> Uh, back to Goodrich.
5: It couldn't have been too interesting anyway. But yeah guys, um, been really enjoying the World Cup so far. Um, to be fair, I haven't watched too many of the other games other than the South Africa games. Uh, or South Africa game. Um, but what an absolute treat to be able to uh, come home from work, smack on the TV, yeah. and uh, at 9.30 p.m. you can watch a World Cup game. Absolute treat. Alright, that's me guys. And we'll see you later. Thank you,
0: Mr. Goodrick. What a treat. What a dream. I love that for you too, bud. I mean, it's great being able to have a World Cup going on at nighttime, Bido. Make yourself some dinner. Put your feet up. Have a cheeky beverage. You know, watch some cricket. Live the dream. Cut, save.
1: Uh, good work if you can get it. My, my question is, how old is his TV that he has to smoke on? <laughs> It's
0: going on there. Probably about the same age as your laptop, Bardo, From the sounds of things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get yourself a flat screen. Invest in your television, Kudrick. Get yourself something you can television. really see the see the yeah. paws on. <laughs> yeah, an OLED. Are you, yeah. Right? Oh, and all is the um is the new ones you want to go for. Get some of that into your life. I've got one on my reading registry at the moment, Chris. I'm really hoping somebody buys it for me. I'm not pointing to you for that, of course. <laughs> <laughs> w- wink, wink, no nudge, nudge. Um, any of my dad's rich friends that are listening to this um, that have kept an invite, just, uh, you know, sort of bloke out with a telly. i tell you what, one of them, someone did buy me a PlayStation 5, Chris, which I put on my wedding registry completely speculatively. Um, and I've now got a PS5, wow. which is great
1: content as far as I'm concerned. Great. Yeah. You know, they're supposed to be gifts for two. I,
0: <laughs> I, look, I, I, I think there's a lot of use Polly can get out of it. Uh, I'm sure, sure we'll play some co-op games together. You can play DVDs on <laughs> it, babe. You can play <laughs> Play some Blu-rays on Blu-ray. it, babe. Blu-ray. <laughs> 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 Crack a Blu-ray on there. We'll watch a special feature.
1: You can only play Disney Plus through a PS5. Right? You have to get it. it. It's essential. Only Murders in the Building. You're going to love it. But th- it's a great um, show. you can only watch it. It's a great show. You can only watch it. But I know
0: I've only got you for a couple of minutes because you've got to take your young fella to the Doctore. So... Let me just quickly pick your brain and see how you're feeling about the Aussies. Like we said earlier in the Mm. pod, we did Mm. lose to the South Africans last night. We've lost our first two games. Um, The batting looks shaky. The fielding looks worse. Bardo, what what do we do here? What's going to happen? Well, we've either got to score some runs or take some wickets. Simple game. (laughs) Hopefully a bit of both, Bardo.
1: Hopefully a bit of both. Do you see them coming from anybody
0: in particular?
1: (sighs) Look... Marnas probably looks the best out of everybody so far. Mm. That's that's the concerning bit. He wasn't even in our World Cup squad to begin with. Yeah. And we've drafted him in on the back of... We made him angry. Maybe that's Maybe the that's thing. It. Maybe we just need a bit more rage. I, I heard Shane Watson
0: saying on um, commentary, it's not about skill. It's about intent. <laughs> that he feels like mindset's mm. off for the fellas. So hopefully they can get that yeah. back, back. We definitely haven't seen the best of Mitchell Marsh. We definitely haven't seen the best of Steve Smith. We definitely haven't seen the best of Maxi, although you've got to say, Maxi's bowling's been a real highlight. Um, He's been bowling really well. I think Hazelwood's been okay. Yeah, Starkey got two in and over. Um, Yeah, Starkey's been okay. I don't think our bowling's necessarily been a problem. I think we probably need a bit more from Zampa, mate, on these decks, honestly. I think we probably need a bit more from from Zampa, especially without, as you say, I think we're missing Ashton Agar big time. We're missing the lower order hitting,
1: and we're missing the left-arm tweakers. Yeah, it definitely feels like a finger-spin as World Cup, But, you know, look, we've got the squad that we've got, we've back, and we just have to back him in and, and, and see what happens. As Aukie as mentioned, it's early days, early doors. You know, and it's really hard to say specifically what the Australians have to do because all areas of our game need work. You know, although the, the, the front-line seamers haven't been too bad, um, we just have to roll up and do it.
0: And if there's one thing I can recommend, Bardo, it's taken a few grabs. Catches win matches, baby. Catches win Mm-hmm-hmm. matches. Get them, get him catching. Get them in, please, please, and thank you. Our um, our next match is on Monday against Sri Lanka, so here's hoping we can pull it together for that. But uh, you and I will be back next week, same time, same bat channel to chat through all of the action with all of our wonderful correspondents, and um, hopefully the Aussies can turn it around. We've got South Africa, we've got Sri Lanka, and we've got Pakistan next week. Oh, my word, Bardo, strap yourself in. Yeah, a couple of simple fixtures in the subcontinent <laughs> Against fire. teams that are just, you know, pretty average. <laughs> Not like
1: world beaters yeah. at
0: the moment or anything. It's going to go well.
1: <laughs> this might be what I, you know, there's sort of layers to which you get excited about a game, isn't there? There's, I'm going to tune in and watch every single ball of this game. There's, I'm going to have it on the background and, and come in and out of the room from time to time to see how it goes. There's, mm, I'm feeling not great about this. So I'm going to catch the KO mini in the morning. And then there's, mm, I really don't feel that good about this. So I'm just going to roll over in bed and check out the quick info <laughs> scorecard. Periodically. I'm going to watch
0: a scorecard before I go. It's the party equivalent of waiting to get a text from your mate that
1: the party's going well before you turn up. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And then you turn on the telly and then they lose 10 for one. And mm-hmm. it's all over. So I don't know. Me either. We'll see. We'll see. Who knows? World Cup. Stages anything can happen, you know. Happens. Manchester City, baby.
0: Manchester City, that's the vibe, that's what we're going to put mm. into the universe. Mm. Um, <laughs> big thanks to all of our correspondents for being with us. Big thanks to you, Chris Barty. Go get your son to the dock, and I am out of here. One last thing before I go go, to those Aussies, go to these Aussies, go to the Aussies, go to the Aussies, get better, get better, don't get worse. Get better. Two for is created by Patrick Cullen and Chris Barty. This episode presented by Pat Cullen, Chris Barty and featuring Kush Gudrick, Tom K. Hawkey, Adam Hassan and Jai Singh. This episode was produced by me, Patrick Cullen and Ginger Snap Productions and edited by Mike Wilcox at Midnight Publishing. Featured clips and music this episode included Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House 1986 UMG. Anymore by Goldfrap 2017 WMG. All clips and music used in conjunction with our APRA AMCOS online mini license. Contact APRA.com.au for details. You can check out gingersnapsydney.com for more details about us and the podcasts we make. Make sure you like, rate, review and subscribe. Tell a friend about this podcast. Share it on socials. Get the word out. It's not just our mums who like it, we swear. And We'll be back next Monday with a full wrap of all of the games so far.
4: Oh, go the guys go the Aussies!